Hey, it's Jeff. Sorry about the delay. It is all my fault. This actually was recorded four weeks ago and I had some family issues and I thank you for the nice uh, messages and your understanding. Better late than never. I say that now before you've heard the show. But nevertheless, here you go. The Pinball Network is online. Launching Final Round Pinball Podcast. Player versus player and player versus machine. Welcome to the final round. Home sweet home. I'm Jeff Teolis back in Canada. And I am Martin Robbins back with a voice. In Australia. Or is in Australia. Australia, right? Australia. Australia. Yeah. No, I don't subscribe to that. Well, Toronto isn't Toronto. It's Toronto. Take a no, I know it's Toronto. But it's like, it's like saying Murica. No, I just, I'm not going to subscribe to that kind of boganism. You don't say Melbourne. You say Melbourne. Yeah, but I'm not shortening it. Eh, it's a little tight. Well, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying Australia. I'm not saying Australia. Anyway, it don't matter. And that's our podcast, everyone. Good night. (laughs) See you later. That's all we had to talk about. That's all that's happened. We just needed to just absolutely clear the air with that. And now we're done. Thank you very much, everybody. Do we have more? Was there more? Well, I guess we probably should talk about the fact that we caught up, you and I, face to face, skin to skin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, in more ways than one. That's save the next that. episode. Yeah, save that for the next episode. This is episode 68. 69's next. And you are listening to the mm. Final Round Pinball Podcast, which is funny that you say that. You know, we got to see each other face to face. People listening for the show now in its fourth year. Is that not what? crazy to think? What is it? We started in 2020, so we've done Fuck. three full years. Yeah, we've done a year, okay. another year, another year. Yeah, we're in our technically our fourth year. That, I think wow. that's math on that. I don't know. Fuck, who cares? I don't know how it works. Doesn't matter. The point is, we've done all of these episodes, and we talk to each other all the time. Not once since the birth of this podcast have we seen each other face to face. I know. because Well, because it was around the, the same time. Didn't you come to Australia just before we were going to do it? So uh, I was there for my 50th. We were there in January of 2020. I bring that up so you can put it on your calendar so you don't forget my birthday again next year. It's also Australia Day. But the point is, yes, I was there. And then mm-hmm. this little thing called the pandemic happened. Thanks, Ian. Mm. And uh, I, in fact, I think when I was there, I said, do you want to record one now? Because we were going to start in February. I think the birth of TPN was February 1st. 2020 it was in february anyway and uh no nah, no nah, we'll do it when you get home i'm like all right yeah so i thought it would be wise to record while we're actually together that same thought came into my mind when we were in texas last weekend and i'm like you know what not only would be funny we're probably gonna have a little bit of sauce on us it could be really good it's so much easier to edit when you're actually there with the person and you're just recording would have been a snap piece of cake, especially since this is the episode that I'm editing. Yeah, sure. I had other ideas. No, that's not true. Texas had other ideas. So we had big plans. 
I yeah. saw you, what, Thursday night? We had a couple of drinks with some friends. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. The show opens up 5 o'clock on Friday. We said, you know what? I, I got to play it safe because I got to play some pinball. But Saturday night, that'll be our good piss up and we'll record then. And what did you say early on? In the night where I said, I think I'm losing my voice. Yeah. Mid-Saturday. Yep. Earliest uh, but I said th- parachute but when I said- of all time. No, but I didn't say, let's not. I just said, look, hey, something with the voice. But I think it was about, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. So two hours before the main show finished. On a Saturday night, it goes for a further two hours for exhibitors and vendors and all that kind of stuff. But with an hour to go till midnight, I, I sent you a note saying, mate, we can't do this podcast tonight because I'm losing my voice. And that was me saying, I'm losing my voice. I really should probably rest my voice for the next day because we still had Sunday to go. And then I'm glad we didn't record because Sunday morning, first thing I I did every morning was go to Starbucks and get a coffee. And I literally went up to the counter and the person said, hi, can I help you? And I went, I just looked mortified. Did you have a hairball? I had zero voice. Actually, zero voice. Because I hadn't spoken since I went to bed the night before at like 2.30 in the morning. So I didn't test my vocal cords to see whether I could talk and I couldn't. It's now Sunday night. So I've been back here since Tuesday morning. My voice is probably at 95%. I can still feel it's a little bit raspy, but it took me four days for me to recover my voice. That's the truth of it. And that's why we didn't record. No one gives a fuck. Let's just talk about TPF, shall we? Well, I will say, You were working and you did a wonderful job, you and Damien and Georgia, uh, for Haggis Pinball. It was nice to see Kelts and Fathom revisited there. And you really were working. You were on the floor, albeit maybe two hours of the entire TPF talking. And because the machines were so loud, because everyone wanted to hear the sound, (laughs) you were right beside Queen and Alien. They wanted to pump that great audio too. And then, of course, you know, not too far away was Marco and you had Scooby-Doo on the one side and everything was just really cranked. Yeah, you had to yell a lot, so I kind of mm. will sympathize with you. But uh, you, you won't sympathize with me. But I will. You know, that, okay, so but that, again, that Saturday we started at eight a.m., finished at two a.m. I left the booth twice to take a piss. That was it. It was just non-stop talking to people coming to the Haggis booth, and I just got to say, it was for us, for me, with my company hat on. It was just a phenomenal showing for us. We had such good feedback. I took a lot of notes on people's feedback on the code and how they were playing it. You know, a few tweaks here and there. But overall, people just really appreciated us being there. And we thought the the number one question people were going to ask was, what's the next game? Is the next game A, B or C? You know, do you know what the number one question people asked us was? I don't. How long was your flight? Oh. I'm not kidding you. It was the number one question we were asked was, how long was your flight? Because people just couldn't believe that we travelled halfway around the world to come to this event. Well, why it was so important for you to be there, think about it. Because it wouldn't have made sense to be there a year ago. We were just kind of getting out of COVID. You were in high production. And the important thing for you to be there this year, and it's coincidental that all the new machines are there, but that machine, especially Fathom, was a new machine to a lot of people that haven't been able to yeah. play that. So yeah, correct. the fact you had a couple there and a couple of Celts there, you want to share with the listener the thing you told me, the good news, bad news that you got? 
Well, yeah. I mean, the good news is everybody loved Fathom. The bad news was everybody wanted to buy a Fathom. And and I say, I'll, I'll say people couldn't buy a Fathom, but that's actually not true because Sunday somebody came up to me and said that they had managed to secure one. So maybe they are still out there. Check out the, the distributors. But as per the other shows that we've been to, because this is really our fourth show and clearly the biggest show, what happened was the same that happened in all those other shows and people came for Fathom and were blown away by Celts. And it, it just, it was such a long time ago that we produced Celts and it was, you know, one of these things that, that Damien put together for TPF four years ago. So it was this full circle moment to come back with people going, oh my God, Celts is absolutely amazing. So there you go. Yeah, it was a good showing for Haggis and it was a good showing for all the companies, let's be honest, but we'll get to those in just a bit. I want to know what some of the comments you received about <laughs> pinball. Well, I don't know, maybe this podcast, because I got a few myself. I can tell you that I think I didn't do a proper count, but I reckon I'd be in the maybe 15, 16 count of people coming up to me saying, Jeff is a cunt. And some of and those people would then follow it up by saying, I've never said that word. Oh my God. One person we know, which we won't mention, said that's the third time they've ever used that word in their life. So it was worth it. But what the funniest was, I think three of those 16 were hilarious drive-bys. People literally yelled it at me as they were just walking past. Didn't even stop, didn't whisper it, just yelled it and kept going. And I thought that was just fantastic. Well, I thought it was funny too. And I appreciate when you and I were at TPF and we were hosting a couple events, no one blurted it out at that point because the events were for the others. That would have been horrible. Here we I are. Know. Here's Todd Tucky. Here's a moto. We're about to show Skillshot Baby and uh, or the Roger Sharp movie, Pinball the Man Who Saved the Game. And no one blurted it out. So that was very, very kind. And uh, it was funny. Some of those drive-bys. Now, one of them said to you, I've never said that word. Yep, correct. I'm calling him out right now. I'm calling him out on this podcast because mm. I don't believe him. He was our last guest. His name was <laughs> Carl D'Angelo, and he even said it to you. He he whispered it into you. He had a mask so no one could read he, lips. I would believe that. I'll tell you why I would believe it because some people say the word and there's a hint of naughtiness about it. And some people say it with confidence. You could tell it was the first time he'd ever uttered that word. There was no practice. There was no experience. It was like he didn't know how to say it properly. I'm calling bullshit, and I'll tell you why. But why? Because I found something out about Carl. And let's first of all congratulate him. He was the uh, Wizards winner. He won the big event, and it went on until 220. Mm. And uh, he and I went out for dinner because we hadn't eaten because – the playoff started at four yes. and we even text you and you must've been out cold or drunk or faking a sore voice, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. You didn't come with us. We went and we went to a place we went to two times in two days that he says, Oh, it's all shit. You look, wind the tapes back. He says, I'm an in and out burger guy, blah, 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 blah. They're the best. And I said, no, 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 no. It's Whataburger, especially when you're in Texas. Well, Carl was there twice, and I have photo evidence, and it's going to be all over our final round social media. Sorry, Carl. You're busted, dude. You're a Whataburger guy. I don't want to hear the words in and out ever come out of your mouth again. Whataburger Carl is his new nickname. So I had Whataburger. You be careful. Okay. You be very careful. Well, this is what I'll say. It was 
enjoyable. It was fine. It's probably the best of the trashiest burgers. Thank you. Know you know what I mean? Like, it's still trashy burger, but yeah. it's it's fine. It's fine. Is it better than In-N-Out? I would actually say yes. I would actually, based on my last experience with In-N-Out, I felt, yeah, what a burger just had extra fucking hormones in the beef or something, whatever it was. It sure. just, but I'll tell you where, where they really shone. Do you, I don't know, do you call them chips? Do you call them fries? What do you call them? French fries. Fries? Yep. Fries? Yeah. They're fries. The seasoning on them, just fantastic. The best. Excellent. Love them. The there podcast will continue. Well, so Done. even though you're thousands of miles away, correct answer and you don't have okay. to look over your shoulder well done so let's talk texas barbecue then okay all right all right now okay <laughs> keep in mind we are tourists all right we so. by the way carl and i also went to one of those places if you remember in the last episode he's people listening like are these fucking guys ever going to talk pinball you think about pinball yeah Bumble you listen to this program stage. and you you get what you get you get nothing. <laughs> you fucking like it. You fucking like this for what we do. <laughs> There's the dial. Turn it off. This we is have got us. so many better things that we could be doing right now. So you, you get what you get. You don't even know what I have planned. <laughs> like there are zero notes going this. I gave yeah. you some bullshit before you turn on the mic. It's all bullshit. I got something else planned for you. Anyway. Sure. Cool. Anyway, I, Carl so- and I also went to Hutchins. Yes. Didn't make a trip to Hard Eight, did you? I think you did both. No, only got to Hutchins. Okay. Like the only night we had free was the Wednesday night. So we went to Hutchins. And this is what I would say. I would say this. It is American barbecue. That exists. It, that exists. <laughs> no, what I would say is this. I think that they're much of a much. I, I, I really do think they're both great Great American barbecue. I tell you what, though, there's just one thing that goes so well with American barbecue. Beer? And that is alcohol. Yeah, that uh, uh, you know, I can't argue with you. Hard 8 has booze. Hutchins doesn't. I'll give you that. Doesn't. Also, the other thing was I think um, Hard 8 has a, a lot more, a better sort of sauces, like the Hickory barbecue type sauces, whereas Hutchins was more of like spicy kind of tangy sauce. Anyway, they were both... Fine. They were both fine. I then did go back and surveyed a lot of people at the festival and it's it's bizarre. It's bizarre because, and I don't want to get political on you, but there are certain countries where you have to pick a side. You have to pick a side. You're either red or you're blue. You're either Ford or you're Holden. I don't know what Holden is in other countries, but you know General what I mean? Motors. You want to say General Ford Motors. GM, yeah. Because that's because that's that's what I'm assuming NASCAR has that you're either Ford or you're GM or something like that. So what I found <laughs> doesn't matter who you talk to about American barbecue in Texas, everybody has picked a side and they are fucking hating the other side. Oh, Hutchins is the best. That fucking hard aid is fucking shit. It's fucking fucking. You're a fucking fucking shit fuck. Sorry, that was probably a, a bit of an exaggeration, but it kind of wasn't in that people were just like getting really heated about whether they were a hard eight guy or whether they were a Hutchins guy. It don't matter. They're both good. And it comes back to your, oh, well, you're either in and out or you're Whataburger. Who gives a fuck? They're both shitty trash burgers. Enjoy them both. Hmm. Wow. Okay. I'm there done. Go. There okay? we go. The comparisons of Marty. <laughs> For those just listening in, this is Guy Fieri's pinball food talk. Um, <laughs> Who's that? He's, oh, he the, he's that he tool the with the bleach blonde hair and he wears his yeah, sunglasses backwards on his head 
He's got flame, flame oh, sort of. My shirts wife or loves that show. I'm like, can you turn this off, please? I've yeah. never seen a show he's in, yeah. but I, I kind of know who he is. Food yeah. Network kind of guy. Anyway, mm-hmm. should we do a half an hour on that? We probably should. <laughs> no. <laughs> we well, really you, okay. So, so you had people that were polarized in Texas. You had yep. people that came up to you and gave you some flyby Jeff's a C and all that kind of good yep. stuff. Um, I got a lot of podcast talk. And it was sure. kind of while I was standing around Haggis. I don't know if you were in earshot of any of it. No. But, you know, people were saying it was great to see you. I always, wherever I go, they always asking, where's Marty? Where's Marty? Always. Wow. But you knew where I was this time. Yes. For some reason at Texas, with you there, they couldn't say, where's Marty? What they'd no. say was, I really miss head to head. And I would say, <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so, like big time. In fact, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I did pinball profile, started it. And then the first time I heard head to head, I went, oh shit, that's the show. I wish I could have done like that kind of style, the, the back and forth, the, you know, humor, having the guts to have an opinion, but really just trying to make people each other laugh. And, and so this is the cousin of that, if you will. It's the spiritual show. It still is the same show. I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't funny. I, I got to tell you, I I had a few people mention head to head, but the majority of people mentioned this podcast. So there you go. Head to head is dead. Head to head is dead. Yep. Listen, I have to put this disclaimer out because people will vilify me. Yes, if you, you said to me right you now, you killed off. You killed off head to head. No, it was fuck your off. Fault. Bullshit. <laughs> My disclaimer is: if you said, you know what. I think we're going to start head to head again. I would bow out in a second because I want to listen to it. Sure. But it, it's it's just, I can't remember what it was. Some, someone recently said, I've got a hypothetical for you, blah, blah, blah. And this was a hypothetical. I said, no, that hypothetical doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. It would never happen. So it doesn't exist. So I'm not going to answer your hypothetical question because it doesn't exist. So like that, head to head's not coming back. We're doing it once a year. It's fun once a year. That's it. That's it. We had our moment. It was fun. We could have won a Twippy had we asked for votes or paid for them, but we didn't. So we just let it go. Can we talk pinball? Nope. Because now it's our old friend, Ryan C. How are you? I'm good. My picker is still still tiny. My little picker. My little picker. Mm-hmm. How's TPF, boys? Oh no, it was, it was all right. Yeah, it's fine. Why? What do you want? Actually, I'm, com- I'm coming in. I'm coming in halfway through, so you've already, <laughs> you've already talked. About we haven't it. talked. Yeah, we're, we're half know. an hour in. Surely we've covered the whole thing by now. <laughs> I want to know: was that Texan meat place better than than the heartache place? <laughs> that we did spend most time talking about. <laughs> just, actually- just tell me, so I don't have to like wait a fucking week to listen. They're to both her. great. No, they're both great, Ryan. The big thing, I, I had a bit of a rant when I'm saying, I was saying one thing that fucking drives me nuts is when you have to pick a side, you know? I can like both. No. So over there, it, you were either hard eight or you were Hutchins. You couldn't be both. I don't, that just frustrates me. Hutchins sounds like a, an insurance agency. Hard eight sounds so much better. <laughs> well, hard eight sounds like a brothel. So there's that. Like you. So Did you visit any of them while you were over there, Marty? You know I'm all about them brothels. So, yeah. Anyway, so the short of it was they're both great. Hard Eight has alcohol. Hutchins doesn't. There you go. There's a big uh, difference. 
we saved the pinball talk till I knew you were coming on. Because <laughs> yes, because yes, I've I've been following t- Texas Pinball Festival and all the new releases. Just like I don't, I know all about all the new pinball machines. Well, okay. What I, do you know? What do you know? What do I know? <laughs> no, because what, um, what I'm getting to know the reason why I ask that is because we haven't talked about the rundown of all the machines that were revealed. Like this unprecedented show where all these new games were revealed and. I got to play them all. So I know what my thoughts are. You haven't played them, so you haven't got thoughts on that. But you've mm-hmm. got the general consensus out there on what people would think, I'd imagine. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not my opinion, though. Like, other people's opinions are not Ryan, my opinion. why we're putting it to you this way is... Marty and I haven't done any show prep. We brought you on so you can ask the questions. And we can respond. <laughs> yes. Did you fucking do the work? God, okay, yeah. Fuck. Well, he just, he just asked me. Okay. Hey... Guys, so many new pinball machines. Just crazy. March, March was just unprecedented, just overwhelming. Here's a pinball machine. You get a pinball machine. You get a pinball machine. You're into fucking Pulp Fiction. You get a pinball machine. You're into TNA, but you've got a P3. You get a pinball machine. <laughs> um, so, what? Uh, you play them all. So let's. I don't know. Let's start with Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters is, I guess, the first of the March bunch. I think. When did Scooby get announced? Is that Scooby is that was before? That was, it was and before. Sold out before. I actually played it two weeks prior to Texas Pinball Festival. I did has has Scooby Doo actually sold out? Uh, I thought so. I don't maybe think so, but maybe it has sure. to make Jeff seem knowledgeable. But Foo Fighters is what you asked. I'm jumping ahead here, but one of the the consensus, and maybe I got this because I was at the Haggis booth and we've got single level playfield games. But there was a recurring theme that kept people kept coming up saying that there's a bit of modern pinball fatigue and that is mm. where there's just everything. And, and I, I, I call it, you know, the Godzilla effect where everything's <laughs> at you, lights are flashing, things are going on, you get a jackpot, you get a jackpot, all that kind of stuff. And so people are like, oh, we loved your games. So what was really interesting was I was thinking that Foo Fighters is going to be another one of these, you push the start button and you get a GC, like everything just goes off. Foo Fighters, first of all, an amazing layout. It shoots so well. But second of all, it's really focused. Its rules are focused. It's just not one of these throw everything at you at once. It's quite like Godzilla, deliberate. Like Godzilla, like Godzilla obviously, as I've <laughs> mentioned <laughs> many times. But ding, no, ding, 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 ding. No, it's not, it's not just that. Like, I mean, we'll get to God's, um, Godfather as well, but also... You know, in recent years, Jersey Jack is you're always in multiball, you know? So there's just mm. this constant, you're always doing something and it's an assault on the senses. What was really good with Foo Fighters is it wasn't like that. It was really focused. You do something, you know what you're doing. It calls out and tells you what you're doing and it guides you through rather than everything being available at once. There you go. That's my thoughts. Jeff. Jeff, So you. <laughs> I got to play it a couple of times. Once at the Marco booth, they had several there with uh, Stern. And I did that before I went up to the Wizards tournament because it was actually in the tournament. And there was new software kind of like the day before the tournament started. So I wanted to get the feel for it. And as Martin said, it's very different. Funky layout. I talked to Jack Danger a little bit about it. Uh, I haven't talked to Tanyo about it. I haven't seen him. But uh, did talk to Ray Day about it because he also helped Tanyo with the um, the rules. I said to Jack, I said, man, I, I love the layout. It's, I mean, you saw some of it when he was working on his homebrew with Dead Flip. 
but there are things on there that I hadn't seen before. And I, let me make a correction because I think I said either on this podcast, I, I probably did on this podcast. When I looked at the Foo Fighters layout, when you're looking just at visuals, and this is the mistake of judging a machine before you play it, I looked at that left ramp. I go, oh, that looks like it's pretty repeatable. Uh-uh, uh-uh, it was pretty no. tough. So no, that's right. It, it's steep, so I, I want to make that correction. And uh, trust me, I didn't hit the ramp as much as I wanted to hit that ramp. So that was that was good, that it was difficult. I like that. And when you play Radical, it's like, where the hell is the ball going to come out? Where is it going to go? Yeah. That's what Foo Fighters is like. It's like, oh, wow. That's a, it goes in that's all kinds good, of different spots. That's a good game to compare it to, where that's just got this weird layout that just has this flow that you don't expect. That's what I loved that, about yeah. it. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And I mainly played the Pro. I've hardly played the Premium, which certainly has different things. It has an upper play field. It has the, when you go up the left out lane, the post comes up, you hold the left upper up, and it kind of boots it out. It's so cool. Was the, was the Premium there? Yep. yep. Could you play it? Yeah, I just yep. I only played the Pro and love the Pro. So I, I like both Did you get models. to do that, Marty? Did you get to I do like- the, the little death save thing? Yep, yep. I did it accidentally first. Then when I was, I remembered, I'm like, oh, that's right. It is so good. And it and it actually is, it's one of these things, it's so intuitive. You go, what? why has this not existed before? It's just genius. It's like, it just is so natural. The funny thing is, my favorite thing about that game, you can't even see when you're standing behind the apron and flipping. Just above where you release the ball after the plunge, there's this kind of curved lane that the ball exits. And I don't know what, it's not a very target, but there's like this, it's not a pop bumper. It acts like a pop bumper. When you hit the top of that. Well, it's like a sling, really. It's like a sling. When you hit the top of the sling, it bounces off it in different directions. That's my favorite thing about the game. It's so good. So you do know what I'm talking about. Is it's it, so, it is so kind cool. Of, is it kind of like the targets? I mean, what you're describing it as, sorry, I haven't seen it. I probably should have. Is it like the targets in uh, Genesis? Is it Genesis from Gottlieb where they like yeah, push? Yeah, or... No, yeah, that's a very sector. target. TX Sector. No. Where they've got those two big sides on the right that just they look like, but they fucking sling them back at you. But which way are they facing? Uh, sort of towards the flippers. What you're hearing is we love the rules, the code, the animations, the art. You're going to hear a lot of these uh, reviews where it sounds like, oh, they love everything. Uh, fast forward, a little sneak peek. I did love everything. Do you think, because um, a lot of kind of designers on podcasts haven't admitted that, you know, in retrospect, when they're talking about their career, their first pinball machine, they have so many ideas and they just kind of like chuck everything in there. And then their second and third machine is usually the, the better one because they've kind of like calmed down and found that kind of that sweet spot. Jack Danger did have the home version of Jurassic Park, but obviously yep. under bomb restrictions for that, from all accounts, it's an amazing game as well. How do we feel about Foo Fighters? Do we think like, is there too much in it? Is it, is it a nice sweet spot? You know, we're talking about the, the death save kind of feature. Is there a lot of stuff that you think maybe that shatting target, does that does that work all right? Well, yeah, it does. But the whole thing of it is, it's not like, it's not like he's introduced things that are really complicated. Like they're not complicated mechs. They're just simple things that people just hadn't thought to do before. And they just mm. work. That's what it is. But I, I, I think... Obviously, Keith's shown us that he can do a follow-up game. I'd be curious to go back to all the designers and look at their first and second games to see whether they did actually release a second game that was better than the first. Because it comes back to, I, I always draw the analogy to music, where you know these bands, when they do their first album, 
they've got 10 years of material that they fine-tuned to get that first album. Second album, they've got 12 months to write and record new material, and that's why the second album usually fails. I think, I mean, maybe Eric Mignot might be the best example with Pirates since it had so much in it, and then they cut, what, two two things out, I think, and then people got really upset. But then when you kind of look at it, it's like there was still a ridiculous amount of stuff in it. It was just, you know, people were upset about features getting taken away. But, you know, the spinning disc, the, the, the two God, they ships. they were mad, he, weren't they? I, re- I remember someone messaged me, Marty, after our head-to-head podcast, and while he was listening to the, the episode right after Pirates, and he messaged me and he was like, shut the fuck up and i'm like what and he's just like you guys have been talking about pirates for like an hour i get it uh, like you you like it and for some reason that stuck in my head but like yeah we had we like we talked about this new release pinball machine that we hadn't played for over an hour because it had so much stuff in there that you'd never seen before but kind of not sustainable well but it didn't have three spinning discs and the treasure chest didn't open (laughs) spinning discs what a stupid stupid thing to worry about that never impacted the ball at all anyway what the three spinning discs no they did oh my god no it didn't no it didn't because it wasn't like it had grips like fireball on it it did no fuck it still has a spinning disc on it so it doesn't i i i streamed that prototype Many and? times for many hours, and it was the thing that I hated the most was the three spinning oh, discs. Good. So when they changed it, I'm like, "Good, thank you." Why did you hate it, money? Because of the the fact that it had this random effect of where the ball would go. Because you'd think it was going to go, oh no, and then it's to the right, and then it's to the left. So in the IFPA big events, they kill any kind of randomness. So when they set up pinball machines, I'll give you an example. In Beatles, they turn off the discs, the magnets in the discs. What I'm saying is. You shouldn't be punished like for something you make a shot and some randomness screws you. Case in point, Ghostbusters Premium, right? The the slings, you can't control that. If it's real slings, you can kind of nudge up, but with the randomness, you can't. So you don't see that game in a lot of uh, big tournaments and stuff. So if you're, what you're saying is true, Marty, that that did throw the ball in chaos, yeah, it would piss me off too. So good the discs are gone. What? How about Guardians, like say Guardians Premium or LE with the, turn off the orb. magnet when you hit when you hit orb? Oh, wow, no, they turn geez. off orb. They do. Wow. I feel like it's like the randomness is random, but you have to hit the thing. You have to hit orb. Like I'm going to go for orb, and I know when the ball comes out, it might fling it in the left out lane, which is just I still can't believe they never updated the code to like do ball a different save. type of fling because it, it. No, not to, no. Uh, yeah, ball save or just the effect of the magnet i mean it seems to be so common well or maybe it's just my machine think about um, it rush okay rush had the scoop kick out when that first came out there was no ball save so now in single ball play there's a one second ball save they had to add one for gene simmons the kiss mouth because that was throwing it in chaos too you shouldn't be punished for making the shot you're supposed to make the weirdest one which for some, i don't know why every ghost buses i play the right scoop or eject lands perfectly on the left flipper and then will bounce to the right flipper but the the left scoop that's the one that doesn't have the ball save and that's the one on like a bunch of ghostbusters would chuck it down the middle <laughs> but there was no there was no ball save on that i was always confused i'm like wait did they fuck it up in the code by switching it around anyway that's, that, that's that, one that, pinball that, machine that. down <laughs> <laughs> let's move to godfather you talked about eric minier 
and uh, I got to play that game. I loved playing that game. Again, common theme you're going to hear, love playing all new games. So first of all, we talked about the theme, love the theme, and it still shocks the shit out of me. Whether it's you, Marty, or anybody I talk to, oh, I've never seen the movie. I'm like, oh. but I bet you've seen every Fast and Furious. See a masterpiece. <laughs> Sit through three hours. See how acting is done. Are you, are you done. talking about <laughs> the Godfather? Marty anyway. seen Fast and Furious. Are you talking about Marty seeing Fast and Furious? I'm just talking just about people, people in general. I'm talking about I the people. I can't imagine Marty watching Fast and Furious. I can. Well, well, you'd actually. Well, actually, because I like cars, you'd be surprised that I've not seen a single one. Neither have I. <laughs> it's, the, so, it's the same. It's the same movie as The Godfather. It's all no, about fuck it's you. All about family. Oh. Yeah. Somebody put a horse's head <laughs> in the Ryan's worst. place. Anyway, okay. The game. What did you like about the game? Well, artistically, Christopher Franchi, welcome back, because your artwork has proven time and time again to be fantastic. You did it on two games. We'll get to the next one in a second, but looks great on Godfather talking to Eric Minier with Carl D'Angelo as we were playing it and um, how he wrote a letter to Al Pacino to get Al's likeness in it. So that was very, very important if you're a fan of the movies. The modes were fun. The ideas were fun. The shots were great. There's a kind of a, a shot you do where it comes down like a wire form and then quickly throws it to the right. It hits a stand-up right before it lands on your flipper. Think of Black Rose, right? How it comes down after yep. the cannon shot. It reminded me of that, but a little more aggressive. You better be ready or you're going to lose the ball. I left playing it, and I'm like, God, I want to play this again. And there were lineups and lineups and lineups, and I got to play it actually at Pocketeer Billiards uh, last week and, and loved it just as much. So uh, early on, might be my favorite JJP game. Okay. So interestingly, I... And I can say this now because I've seen it. But when I first saw the game, I went, oh, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed by the art. Ooh, sorry, Chris Franchi. <laughs> but when I actually saw it in person, I just went, oh, oh, hang on. I don't know what I was seeing before, but I'm now seeing this. And this is just phenomenal. It really is. Two things. First of all, what they shouldn't do, they shouldn't disrespect the colour palette that's been used. What I mean by that is don't use clown lighting. Don't use pinks and purples and greens and yellows and every fucking colour of the rainbow when you've got this sort of gritty art deco golds and reds and browns and yellows. When you start putting all the rainbow colours over it, you're taking me out of the fantasy. I'm now I can't playing pinball again as opposed to I'm playing a Godfather game. That's what I would say is... Is that in attract mode, Marty, or is that why you're playing those rainbows shooting out? I honestly can't remember. I only got to play it once. I can't even remember the what they call those lights down the side. Was it the spiral? No, it's, it's, it's the lights down the side. You know, the ones that face up. They're like pin stadiums facing up, expression, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, all I'm saying is just make sure you keep it tasteful, the colour palette with all the lighting, because that sort of takes it out. But this is the main thing I wanted to say. I have gone off JJP a bit, and I'll tell you why. I think since Dialed In, I've not liked their flipper feel. I've always felt them to be a little bit spongy and lacking that snappiness that Wizard of Oz has and that Hopper has, that just like really nice snappiness. So, and that was the, when I first played Wonka, I'm like, oh, this just feels like a bit limp. Toy Story just felt a little bit limp. 
one flip on Godfather, I was like, thank you. You're back in the room. Well done. Thank you for fixing your flippers. It was just snappy. And with a game like that, what's got a lot of flow, you want it to be really snappy. So it comes back to the flipper really quickly. It's just brilliant. It's a really, really good game. There you go. Like I haven't been keeping up to date. So I remember hearing that this 29 ball paths <laughs> um, due to a lot of diverters. So did you get that feeling? Did you get ball path euphoria while you were playing the game? Like, whoa, look at the ball go that way. Whoa, it's going the other way down. No, What's not really. Like? No, no, I didn't feel really. that either. No, no, everything didn't feel like it was a gimmick. It just felt, and, and probably you just need to get further into the game. But no, everything just felt, it felt mature is what I'm going to say. Mm. Was the collector's edition there or just the... The LE. Well, I saw, I don't, the LE is kind of their standard one, correct? The, I think the collectors was there because it had the topper with the two Tommy Gunners on top and the, the car. I think did it have like the gold, gold, gold yeah, lines on the looked, legs? Mm. Yeah, it looks yeah, really Yes, cool. and the horse's head plunger, yes. Didn't it looks so good. <laughs> like I'm looking at pictures now, it's like again, and yeah, as you said, Marty, welcome back. Christopher, wait, no, sorry, that was you, Jeff. Welcome back, welcome back, Christopher welcome back both of them. Welcome back, Franchi and Josie Jack. Let's hope it's a um, a long partnership. And yeah, I mean, it does look good. I've only seen photos of that that gold trim, but you know, does it fold into a tank? Nope. That's <laughs> so Franchi's next game, Galactic Tank Force from American Pinball, and <laughs> they had one actually on rollers and they would move it all around Texas Pinball Festival. It would go in the hallways and stuff and stop and people could play it. It was a neat novelty and uh, I think the reaction of most people playing was like, hey, this is fun. I mean, you really have to, with a game that doesn't have a theme you know, you really got to win them over when you play it because games with themes are going to get that first quarter. Okay, I'm interested. I like that movie. I like that music. Here's my money. With Galactic Tank Force, it's like, um, all right, let's, let's try it. And you better like it because, you know, you don't have anything invested into it. And they had to create all the assets. They came up with a great art package again from Franchi. And uh, I think it was a pleasant hit. You know, we're not talking about price or anything like that. We're talking about playing the game and the assets and uh, the shots and Dennis Dorbin's nice layout. Seemed to be pleasing a lot of people. I got on it a few times. I've actually played it uh, a year ago, but um, what'd you think? You got, you got on it, didn't you, Marty? Hmm. So, it is a pinball that exists. Oh, no. <laughs> nah, it wasn't, wasn't for me. That's all I'll say. What didn't you like about is it? The artwork. <laughs> no, I love. No. One, one thing I can tell you right now, it is a gorgeous game and it is jam-packed with stuff i think it's one of those things where one one or two i think i had maybe two possibly even three games i don't think that was enough for me to get in tune with the layout i felt the layout for me just for me was just a bit clunky is all i'm saying so hmm well, I got to get back on it. I, I, I remember shooting that red ship and or the tank or whatever it is in the middle. I love the video assets. It was neat to see some people you recognize in there. And who are the people you recognize? Zofia and Steve Bowden are in there. Okay. Yeah, they're pilots. 
Okay. I think I don't know if Sophia is Pilot Cougar or something like that. I thought I heard that name. I and I sorry, I apologize. I don't know, but it was it was funny to see and uh, the acting and the campiness. Uh, yeah, it looked looked pretty good. Looks like uh, they you know they're going to sell out too of the games they want to sell out. Uh, in a tough market what does where that everyone's mean, selling. Jeff? What does that mean? They're going to sell out of the games they want to sell out. Well, they, they have what a limited... <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, it's, I'm very tired. Uh, what it means is they have a limited edition <laughs> and they're going to sell all those out. Okay. Have, have they named how much, how, what the numbers are on their limited edition run? I thought I heard 200 for the deluxe. Oh, that's the, oh, that's the deluxe. Yeah. That's the, Same yeah. Point. With the lunchbox. The lunchbox that's edition. the l- lunchbox edition. Yep. I don't know. When people are creating products, when I'm like trying to sell services at work, there's like we have this thing we talk about feasibility, desirability, and viability. And in, in the nexus of those, you know, like a, like a Venn diagram is the sweet spot for innovation. And like that's the product that you, that you make. I still feel like American Pinball in their entire existence has never really got the desirability part right well i almost feel like houdini was their most desirable game um maybe it was a, a from when it came out or maybe it's the it's the theme but it's cool <laughs> but I, I don't know like like oktoberfest is cool when oktoberfest came out i was like cheering it on like yeah you fucking sell that pinball machine it's so much fun like it's just silly a silly theme and then now with six plus pinball machines getting released in the space of a couple of weeks i just think is it just that the people left over like they, they came in last is it just the the people that say no to every other pinball machine and they're like okay this is an original theme and it's a bit of quirky fun i want it it can't be that many people i have no idea but if you've owned an american pinball machine you know they're built very very well uh i'm sure they're vendors and uh distributors have a list of clients i have no idea i know it's on location in a few places it's one of those ones you really got to get your hands on. You're not buying it sight unseen. I would imagine you really want to flip it first, as you should for every machine, but people don't do that, as we know. I got to tell you, people's buying habits and their opinions, I just fucking laugh and laugh and laugh. Because the next game we're going to talk about, if this game came out four or five years ago, people would vilify this thing. They'd say, what a piece of shit. Single level play field, no screen. Alphanumeric? Te- Are you kidding me? That's Terrible bullshit. Art. I want ramps. Yep. No one wants a single level play field. Yet, one of the biggest lineups you would have seen at TPF, and a game I couldn't even get on because the lineups were so big. They only had four machines. You played it though, didn't you? I did not. Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay. Game of the show. Easy. Easy. It's, okay. Hands down. So, Hands down. Really? Yep. Why? Hands down. Because it's stupid fun. The layout should not be anywhere near as fun as it is. It shoots really well. The geometry is fantastic. It's just, it's dumb fun. Everybody that played it was just like, holy crap. I mean, we we kept surveying everybody that came to our stand and obviously they said Fathom was the best game there. I mean, that's obvious, (laughs) right? Followed by Celts. But people kept saying that, Pulp Fiction was their favorite game that they played. And I, I'm telling you, 80% of people would have said Pulp Fiction, number one. And I would mm. agree. It shouldn't be as good as it is. It just shouldn't. And I don't like the theme. Yes, this is a movie I've actually seen. So, you know, one of the three 
but you couldn't hear it was the only problem. It wasn't loud enough so you could hear any of the coil outs. But it just it just felt really good to shoot. The things that are in that game that you, you, you need to – it's just – it's really good, guys. I don't know. Single level. Mm. Was, it, was it obvious oh. what you meant to do? Yes, very. I will say this. I watched Carl D'Angelo play it, and I was going to play after Carl. I couldn't play after Carl because – on that seven-digit display, he was about to roll it. <laughs> and he was playing for 40 minutes, let's say. So I realize he's one of the best players. The layout did look kind of easy. I didn't shoot it, so I can't say that. I'm just saying what it looked like. The theme is near and dear to so many people's hearts, mine included. The callouts, the fact they've got all those assets, that's great. The artwork was, was fine. Uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was fine. Mm. It's on the really bad side when the machine's not turned on, but when it's turned on, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's 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 yeah. fine. The topper is pretty cool, but again, yeah. you don't play the topper. That's cool. I'm not going to stare at it year after year after year. Like a, it's going to get old quick, but it's cool. Don't get me wrong. I, yep. I, I can say it about almost every topper unless it's interactive, like something like Mandalorian or something. But I do want to play it. I just don't understand how the pinsiders of the world shit all over Denisi for putting out TNA years ago. Single level, oh my God, all this money, oh my God. And then I'm sure you got it with Celts too, single level. You know, oh my God, it's, give me a ramp. What's the other big one that was, oh, fucking Bond, it's the 60th. Oh my God, it's the greatest game ever. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where's all this bitching? No, I need a ramp and stuff I'm like that. I'm pretty sure everybody said, oh wow, $31,500. <laughs> so... I is think that, that's what I mean, they it's, said. It's, oh, it's Beatles. Happened. Don't forget Beatles happened as well. Yeah. Do you feel like the reception to Pulp Fiction would have been the same if Bond hadn't been released and kind of like the, the release of that was so, I don't know, just shitty the way they did it? Did that soften everyone up to the release of Pulp Fiction being a single level play film? Be like, ah, oh, it's like, it's not X amount of dollars. It's like, it's reachable. Like I can buy this. In here's here's a straight down the middle video which details the passion that went behind it for forty five minutes. Like those videos are great. Uh, they're not perfect, but they're so fucking good compared to like what everyone else does. Stern would some would release. I'm not sure what they're doing now. Maybe it's behind the paywall. But they would they would release those videos like a year after the game came out. Like I don't fucking care. Like I I bought it or didn't buy it. Uh, I'm not gonna buy it a year later based off that video because I've already played it. But I don't know, something like Galactic Tank Force, like that's, I feel like that's where you need a video like that. Like, all right, like here's a a theme I know nothing about and here's some weird video clips. Like I'm not going to watch a a one hour seminar, like give me a choreographed experience of the pinball machine. Oh, for sure. Who made it. That would have helped for sure. I was talking to somebody who's close to that company and they were saying, yeah, the video didn't help that they put out. It was a teaser and all that kind of stuff, but it just didn't help. Whereas, like you described, I watched that whole Pulp Fiction thing with Mark Ritchie and with um, Josh Sharp and and others, too. And I was getting excited. Now, by the end of it, I was like, I've seen everything. I guess I just want to play it. And I saw it, and I was like, is there more to do on this? Because I'm missing stuff. But, again, you have to play it. You have to hear it. You played it, Marty. Others played it. They found it fun. And, like you say, Ryan... Compared to the price of Bond 60th, oh, it's a bargain. Still pretty expensive. <laughs> well, but if, if Bond didn't come out, was it, you know, 
is it then oh this is more expensive than Foo Fighters like why would I why would I get this oh, for I, sure. I don't I don't know you know? yeah I yeah I would you've say got yes. the money right now you got the money right now you get to pick one game or another are you picking Pulp Fiction or Foo Fighters premium which one would you rather have I know what I'd rather have. are they sorry are they are they the same price let's just say they're the same price give or take whatever but it doesn't really matter you why am them. I buying it Jeff am I buying it to make money am I buying it for myself to play at home why am I buying it you're not an operator because that's minority of people so I would assume for your collection something you're going to enjoy for a long time maybe it's a passion of the theme but for me every pinball machine with the exception of one I buy because I like the way it shoots yeah, uh, I would st- I would still lean heavily towards Pulp Fiction because of the theme, yeah. and I I love I love the movie, yeah. and yeah, I mean, but I, I might enjoy playing Foo Fighters way more because it's it's probably it's probably a more satisfying game in the in the long term. But uh, I I can't make that call now. You said something really interesting, Jeff and Marty, about the art being like acceptable. Like it's it's pretty good. It's like it does a job. Back, you know, 10 years ago, uh, just when artwork was all kind of very, very average, you know, in the CSIs and the 24s of the world. And then it got really good. And then pinball machines were almost sold. Like, here's Ghostbusters and here's Zombie Yeti. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm buying this because the artwork is amazing. And then it kind of, it hasn't got to a point where, like, every single machine is amazing. But I feel like it's got to the point where artwork doesn't, sell a pinball machine anymore like it, it, it would help it's definitely going to help like people don't look at james bond and be like oh my god i gotta buy it because of the art so if it doesn't it's help like can it hurt because i think don't know if the doctor no james bond helps no it doesn't but like I, is anyone saying look at the artwork on foo fighters like it's not i feel like so pinball machines have got to a stage where like it's not the selling point anymore it's not the number one thing people are kind of saying you know check or not check but it has to come down to other things. Marty, if you were to look at the games that were out there, and we've so far mentioned Foo Fighters, we've mentioned Godfather, we even briefly mentioned Scooby-Doo, we've mentioned Galactic Tank Force, and now we're talking about Pulp Fiction. Not to shit on the art, because it's fine. It's the worst of those art packages out of all of those ones I just mentioned. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. And it's subjective, I know that, but it's the others are <laughs> but it's- that good. They are that good. Again, it's one of those things. The pictures don't do it justice. I said, I said before, when I walked up to Godfather and looked at the play field, I just went, oh, wow, I'm seeing so much that I didn't see in the photos. Foo Fighters was exactly the same. In fact, Foo Fighters on paper looks, the, for me, the art was like, okay, it looks, you know, it's Zombie Yeti, it's, Godfa- it's Godzilla, and it's all, but it's actually not. If you put those side by side and looked at the play fields, the art style that he's used for Foo Fighters is actually really different to Godzilla and to Avengers. It just is, but they looked the same when I saw photos of them. So, but it comes back to what you're saying, Ryan. Does it matter? Well, I don't think it matters necessarily with Pulp Fiction because Pulp Fiction is such a theme that so many people love. And how many are they going to be selling with Pulp Fiction? I don't think it's like. 10,000 that they want to sell. So I think they're going to sell out of what they want, even at that price point, which I think the didn't, top of the range. Ryan just whatever, say, what do you mean they're going to sell the number that they want? <laughs> yeah, he said the same thing. He said that. Well, yeah, I, but I, I, I get I, what I, Marty's saying. You're right. They have a, this is the amount they want to sell. And, and that's, they're going to, they're going to, of course, they're going to hit that. But to answer the yeah, question I'm, I asked earlier, and you haven't answered it, Marty, 
first of all, I would like to have both games. I like them both very much. And I haven't even played Pulp Fiction, but it looks, like you say, fun, and I love the theme. If I could only have one, I got the money, it's Foo Fighters. No, Pulp Fiction. Why isn't it Godfather for you? No, no, no. But I said between those two. Between between those three, it's actually Godfather. Pulp Fiction, still. Best game. Just fun. Stupid fun. I think I'd be bored of it after all. I think I'd yeah. love it. But and then you sell it for profit. I'm talking about a game. I don't I know in Australia, Marty. Do you know how much it is in Australia? <laughs> you know what? I I $19,000. Right. If it's for an investment, yeah, I guess Pulp Fiction makes sense. But if it's for playing, like I buy pinball machines to play and have fun. Well, I think Godfather would be great. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know. I was just comparing between Foos and Pulp. They're all, I want all the games. Every one was so much fucking fun. There's still one you haven't, you haven't spoken about. There's two. There's a couple, yeah. Okay, well, what's the next one? Let's go to Scooby Dooby Doo. No. We don't want to go to that. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was the one you were thinking, Marty. That's not it. Queen? No, well, there's Queen as well. No, but no, 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 let's thinking... do the one I, I know the one you want to talk about. The first okay. game I played at TPF, that was the new game. God, did I have fun, and I played it all three days I was there. Final Resistance. Loved, mm-hmm. loved, mm-hmm. loved that game. Mm-hmm. So. Let me tell you a couple of things about Final Resistance. For people that don't know, this has got Denise's game on the P3 Multimorphic platform uh, with its own module. It's interesting because actually this is the first time I got to play it with the new rebuilt flippers that they've done. So it now feels so much more like pinball. Let me tell you the crazy thing. Here is the crazy thing. Because Ryan and I, you, we played the mm-hmm. P3 at a uh, friend, Mick, I think his name was, mm-hmm. at his place. And it was fun. It was fun. But was it pinball? Yeah, it was pinball, but was it pinball? Okay, here is what has happened. Scott Denisi has used that big fuck-off TV screen in the playfield to put pinball inserts on. And let me tell you what it does. It makes you feel like you're playing proper pinball. For the first time playing a P3 Multimorphic game, this felt 100% like pinball because the the inserts were like arrows that would start halfway down the screen. So in your mind, those shots feel so much closer to the flipper than being right at the back. And also that you're, you're knowing exactly where you need to shoot the ball because those arrows are telling the direction of the shots. So it's just so much more fun to play this game. There you go. I've said it. Jeff, why did you play so much of this and no Pulp Fiction? That's what I want to know. Is it because the cues? The cues. Okay. The cues were long at Pulp Fiction, but I also got to play. When I say I played all three days, I lied. I played the Thursday. I was there before it opened up, and I saw Jerry, and uh, got to play it, and just freaking loved it. And then, then I saw Steven Silver afterwards, and we played it too. I never saw Denise, but I saw it with Bo and Karens, who did the code on it, and. He was telling me a little bit about it upstairs at the tournament, and I wanted to go back on it again. And, uh, you know, I just kind of, I, I waited, to be honest. I waited to get on. And uh, I know I'll be able to play Pulp Fiction in places. It's not a lot of places you get to play P3. And the last three, I mean, I've always liked P3s and Multimorphic, but I loved Heist. And then Weird Al was special and enjoyed that too. And now this, that is such a great investment to buy one mm. of those machines and then flip the module for $3,400. If you only have to have one or a few machines, good investment. 
Yeah, yeah they're, they're on a bit of a roll with a, those last three you mentioned. Jeff, I know they're kind of struggling to, to keep up with demand after after Weird Al because that was their first kind of licensed title that sold, like that started to move units. But yeah, once it's it still hasn't reached that point where enough people have P3s that when these games come out, it's like, oh yeah, I don't need to spend $15,000 on the pinball machine. I can just spend three and a half or whatever it is to get a brand new game. But also I'd imagine anyone that's jumped in on Weird Al is going back to all the previous modules. So that's production that they've got to do on top of getting Weird Al out as well. And now you've got Final Resistance on top of it. So What's the benefit of having these modules that don't have themes? Oh, I know. You can do them whenever. You can print them again. You don't have to relicense up. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I know for a while there was a lot of kind of games per module, but do we have anything for like those last three that you mentioned like weird owl i'm guessing can't really be repurposed because it's it's licensed so but you know it's got kind of content on there that's only specific to weird owl uh but heist and final res- like final resistance is obviously the new one has anyone repurposed heist just to bring out some software like a software add-on for it i don't know i think nick baldridge has done some things and i can't be specific but his name comes up a lot and um I say that because he's always somebody I consider for the top 10 most intriguing people because he does a lot of things behind the scenes and he's a pretty special guy in that multimorphic world. And I know others, other users have created things. I don't know with what platform and I don't know if it's only available with the basic one that you bought when you got Lexi Lightspeed. I'm not sure, but it doesn't matter. A lot of those are for free too. So again, additional games, good benefit. Love the game. So that was Final Resistance. We should move on. Queen Pinball was there, and probably the first time, I think, at TPF, it was at Expo, but it was much different. And I was talking to David Thiel, who did the sound on it, and he has told me about some of the tweaks they've done to the machines. Actually, I was talking to the Pinball Brothers, and they did that as well. They tweaked a bunch of the the shots a little bit, so it's a much different game than when you played it at Expo, but the sound, and again, TPF wasn't the best place to hear it because everything was so loud. The way the callouts work, the way the music works, just that David Thiel touch. So much fun to play that game. Hmm. If you're a okay. Queen fan, if you're and you like you've seen Queen. I just bought tickets this oh, weekend with- to see Queen and Adam Lambert actually. Oh, not with Freddie Mercury. Oh, that's a no. shame. F- <laughs> he can't hit the high notes anymore. So. <laughs> Look, here's what I'll say about Queen. Again, it's one of these ones where it just looks a bit pox in photos. When you actually walk up to it, it actually looks really good. It actually does look the part, I must say. I didn't get that much of a, a chance to play it, but it, it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. It was a pinball machine that exists. It it exists. It didn't it didn't it didn't tickle my balls, is all I'm saying. <laughs> what did tickle your balls? Pulp Moving fiction, on to the last obviously. game. Bring okay. out the gimp. Marty wants his balls tickled. <laughs> The gimp, the gimp was a, uh, the gimp had a zip over their mouth. So how are they going to tickle Marty's balls? One thing I did love about Pulp Fiction, if you look behind, like in the middle of the play field is three, I think, drop targets, just drop targets there. And then you can lock the ball behind the drop targets. So if you're standing at the flippers, you can't see what's behind it. But if you go to the side of the machine, you can see what's behind it. And they have a plastic of the gimp zipped up. And I loved it that it was kind of <laughs> hidden. <laughs> 
anyway, what else? Scooby Doo. Did you want? Did you want to elaborate on Scooby Doo? Scooby Doo was there with a mystery machine, and they had a bunch of machines there. People ask me, "What's it like to play it?" I'm like, "Well, it's fun. If you like Scooby Doo, it's it's a fun game. You get all the assets there." I will confess this to Marty because I said it on a previous episode. And I've, I've played Scooby-Doo a bunch. I played it a lot at Louisville Arcade Expo. Even though it is the voice actor, holy shit, does, <laughs> does Scooby-Doo and Fred sound just a little different? Mm-hmm. I'll give it to you. I was you. right. Yeah, you were mm-hmm. right. I, I just said it. I know. It, and it's again, it's one of those, it's uncanny valley. It's like something's just, oh, it's not quite right. And it's making me feel uncomfortable. So. It still had cool assets. I love the visuals. Uh, the the cartoons and stuff. By the way, Foo Fighters is Scooby Doo point two because the way the, there's a mode where they're running through uh, and being chased by the bad guy, and it's the Scooby Doo run where they run in a group and the legs are flying and arms are flying. <laughs> they do the same thing. The animations are so good on that, but the animations on Scooby Doo are absolutely authentic and perfect. And I don't know, it's it's a fun game. The one thing I heard people say is, "Boy, you're shooting the ball a lot, and you don't know where it goes." Because that upper yep. play field is so big, that's, yep. a, that's a fair that's a fair analogy. It's true. It's still it's a true. way better game than Halloween. Oh, so I did get to play Halloween for the first time. Hmm. What's your review, Manny? Two years. I still haven't played it, so, but I'm interested. So my my review is this. <laughs> wow, just wow. Ooh. Oh, jeez. Oh my god. Ooh. Well, it reminds me of what Ryan said <laughs> earlier, where you know you're designing a machine and you want to put everything in there, and after a few machines, you go, "Okay, I don't need to put everything in there. Maybe scale it back." And I think that's what happened with Halloween. Yeah, Didn't Halloween yeah. have like it wasn't a, a design by a committee kind of thing where there was four people initially designing everything. Like it was like just everyone. That would probably make sense. It's fine. It's a pinball that exists, but it just it lacks focus and it lacks cohesion i don't know it, it was just yeah it it's was too bad because right. the artwork is spectacular the the theme is is very popular it's jim belcito's favorite theme so he loves that game expect that to be at mm. indisc sometime soon maybe no so so what I, what i will say about scooby-doo is this like obviously the big concerns that i think people had was that halloween slash ultraman that there was some quality controls some fit and finish scooby-doo feels really solid like it just feels different better solid heavy just real fucking chunky fucking game the art is beautiful it is really good to look at light shows great the rules are fine it's that upper play field that i have a problem with you're up there way too much okay but and also yeah just that i like to see the ball and where it's traveling and maybe that's a a tournament player thing where you need to get the cadence of the ball so you know when it's going to come back and where it's coming back from. As soon as you've got it going into a tunnel, it's like, okay, I'm disconnected, now I'm back in. And that happens all the time. That disconnect and reconnect is really off-putting. Is that for every game, Marty? Is that for Game of Thrones LE? Is that for Twilight Zone? Yeah, it is, but those games that you're talking about have probably got one maximum two shots that are covered Mm. this has got all seven shots are all covered by that upper play field all of them are we talking about scooby-doo still yeah yep yeah yeah okay 
the one thing I do mm. like about the upper playfield, and I'm not a huge upper playfield fan, so you better be good if you're making an upper playfield. I do like the left flipper. It's a huge L flipper that you can do different things with. Instead of transferring the ball from the left to the right, there's a neat way to do that. I liked it. You're right. I mean, you could stay up there a long time. I think some code tweaking would really help that game. But if you're a fan of Scooby-Doo, you're going to love, love that game. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely agreed. And it's one of those ones where, you know, if somebody had bought another type of game, I'd be like, oh, God, I feel bad for that person. Not with this. Not with Scooby-Doo. If people bought this, I'd be like, you know what? You will enjoy it. You'll have a lot of fun. Go crazy. That's seven pinball machines. Well, there was even another one. No, there was. What's it, was the other one? it was announced. Turner Pinball. Turner Pinball is the one that bought the assets from a little old company. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, Loser Kid loved that company. They're called Deep Root. Mm-hmm. So they bought the assets, and they're doing. They're going to make some of the games. They're not making Raza, which is a shame. Oh no! <laughs> Try, oh, no. Hey man, it was fun. It was yeah. fun. Do it. Do a call out for us, Jeff. Martians on the face of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> I, he, I honestly thought he was going to do the Thor voice, but he didn't. No, no. That, that, when you record certain things, there are some. Uh, I talked to Mark Silk about this. I'm like, do you ever record a bunch of stuff that are like absolute throat rippers? Like, I save those for the end of the day when I don't have to do more spots, commercials. And mm-hmm. he said, no, no, no. And so he, he's what he's saying is, I'm not stupid enough to do things that wreck your voice whereas i am like ah fuck i'll do it and and there were some throat rippers on doing thor so there weren't with uh raza but anyway turner's going to be doing some of the uh games to be determined and they they were there for a brief little bit so i'm curious to see what they're going to do yeah i spoke to chris turner quite a lot Mm -hmm. through the show super nice guy and i said to him what i i may have said on this podcast i think he has gone about it the right way I still think unfortunately there's a lot of bad blood there and I think people are like oh what's he gonna do and it's like just you know he hasn't come out like all other companies that have got these J-pop assets and said we're fucking awesome suck out you know that kind of stuff which they all have let's face it wow so, I, I remember when American Pinball did that they were like but- we are awesome suck out <laughs> did I quote <laughs> okay I dropped C-bombs I'm not putting that in <laughs> Come on. Anyway, these companies came out just swinging wild. You know, we are awesome. We're, we're going to change things. And they didn't. At least Turner Pimble have gone, you know what? We're going to give this a crack. We're not going to take your money. We're going to do something. And you know what? I, I say good luck to them. I don't think they've done anything so far to garner the, the hate that they're getting, except buy the assets of Deep Root, which was never going to go down well. So was this one of the Deep Root, like did they use the assets of something else and then retheme it? Or was is it Ninja Ninja Eclipse? Yep, is, new is IP, that? completely new. Uh, okay. I wanted to play it and I planned on playing it. And every time I went over there, someone was either on it or there was a line or they'd left and it wasn't on. So I didn't get a chance to play it. But it looked fun. In summary... If you brought a new game to TPF, good for you, good for your company, good for Haggis for showing it for the first time in that festival and to a lot of people in North America and all the others, the homebrews we haven't even talked about, some spectacular ones there. If you brought a game, you're probably going to make yourself some sales. It's going to be a tough 
competitive field to buy those games, especially where there's perhaps a recession on the way, if already not here, but still a lot of variety. And, you know, we always complain, oh, it's a slow news day. It was a busy news day. It's probably going to be slow for the next few months because who's going to be releasing a game? But it was uh, nice to see all these great machines and for the most part, all do really, really well. So I enjoyed it. And Ryan, I brought you on for a couple of reasons. One, do you realize it's been, I think, five years since you went to TPF for four years? When were you there? Uh, 2018? And, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. 2018, you had all those different t-shirts, iHexagon, Franchi. Uh, <laughs> you had the Deep Root one too, didn't you? Deep Root, and I had the Scott Denisi one about my, what did I say, my favorite designer repurposes testicles from like my national company <laughs> and puts coins in them. Also. Some, it was a really long t-shirt that just it was great. made fun of. You had, you had all these shirts, you went to TPF, you had a good time there. It's been five years since you were at TPF. Do you know what's been a year? You were last on this program a year ago. It was in April. And it's not from lack of getting you on. We've been asking and asking. And mind you, it hasn't, we haven't given you a lot of notice. I haven't. But just, just so you know, I haven't asked you. To come on. <laughs> I just wanted this to be really clear. Anyway, this is all it's, Jeff. It's good to have you on. We're not kicking you off yet. we still got some more stuff to talk about. But your thoughts. So I mean. Can I, I was going to just say that. Sorry, so can I just say there was also one game. Believe it or not. One game I got to play for the first time. And you mentioned it before, and I just want to talk about it, and that is James Bond. Not the 60th anniversary. They didn't have that there, which I I didn't see. I was just disappointed. I wanted to have a a flip of that. But I got to play James Bond, the George Gomez version. And this is what I'm going to tell you. It's a fun game. It actually shoots really well. I like the rules. I think, again, they're very focused, very George Gomez, very linear in all the different things that you can do. It's not Godzilla, Ryan. Um, but here's I'm a Godzilla guy, Marty. <laughs> I think I've totally forgotten that I've got it at your house. Yeah, you can come and pick it up anytime. Yeah, I haven't played it since January. Okay. <laughs> so, good use of a fucking fifteen thousand dollar pinball machine. Well, you know, you know, it's going to be looked after. Anyway, what I'm going to say is, I think James Bond is a perfectly serviceable game. I had so much fun playing it like really really lots of fun my only thing i'll say is that i don't know whether it necessarily pushes pinball forward if that makes sense it's fine it's got a great layout it does everything that it should do but in this world where everybody's trying to innovate and everybody's trying to do something radically different it's just good it's just not radically different conversely i heard some people say and this is what people in the tournament area say is you know, years ago when they would give away a new in-box game, it was WrestleMania. Yes. Bond, They're still Bond, giving them out, aren't they? Bond is the new WrestleMania. Really? Which one? The the Pro. Not the, the Pro. Right. Okay. It didn't sell well? I don't know if it didn't sell well. Did they have it in the league? I'm not enjoying it. That's just me. I love the theme too, so I really want to enjoy it. I'm not a fan of the artwork. I think that left side, there's an upper left flipper. And behind it, you drop the ball into it and it goes into a scuba shot. It looks like, yeah, I think it's a scuba shot, thunderball shot. And it ejects the ball and it puts it on the Dr. No dragon machine thing. And I just, I looked at that, I'm like, that's a lot of wasted real estate for me. Yeah. It's it's really, there's nothing going on there. It's really barren on the pro. It's ejecting it to hit a stand-up that I can hit with both flippers. So what is it really doing? It starts a mode and all that stuff, but still it's just, 
a lot of real estate and it's just not satisfying. Unique ramps, it feels great to make the side ramp from the upper flipper, it's a tough shot. Code is not there yet. So I want to reserve criticisms. The code needs some work and I'm sure it'll get better, but um, mm. it's not. I think people are saying I it's quite a lot, man. shallow. Yeah, no, I know. I, I don't think they need to make it any more complex or deeper. I, I, I think it's fine the way it is. It just needs to be tightened up and balanced. There you go. Compared to all those other games we just mentioned earlier, I'd rather play each one of those ahead of Bond. Looking, no. I was looking through the pinball news. They, they, they do a great job at kind of like cataloging almost everything it seems that happens at, at TPF. Have you seen the picture they put up of you, Marty, out of all the pictures they could have taken? The picture that is up of you and Jeff. Jeff, you look all right. Marty, not not the most flattering. Just they caught you in the middle of looking at Jeff with a certain expression, I think. <laughs> Good. No, I wasn't looking at Jeff. I was looking at probably the people I just asked a question to. So, yeah, I, I did look at that photo and I went, uh, not the most flattering thing, but not bothered. If people are looking at Marty for the first time off that, that thing, Marty's a very good-looking person in real life. I will prove it. Go to our Facebook page. I'm going to post a lot of pictures that Marty and I took of people that came up to us, and we had some conversations. And at the end of this program, we recorded a bunch of those. So it was loud. You'll hear the, how loud the TPF was, but uh, we had some good conversations. We're saving that for the end of the episode. We're going to move away from TPF right now. Ryan, are you still TDing? Are you still doing a lot of tournaments? Um, yeah, I mean, it's changed a little bit this year with trying a, a league out. So, yeah, I haven't, I haven't restarted every single comp that I was doing last year. So, yes, but not as, not as intense as last year. Leagues are new, though. That's not the norm for you. With the 200%, are people enjoying leagues or do they want the satisfaction of knowing, I won this night, it's over. If I had a bad night, it's over. I can start fresh new. Guess what, Jeff? It is fucking impossible to please everybody. In- including really? myself i it's it's so hard so you never yeah you there's there's never a tournament structure you can run you run something too hard so people are like ah oh, this you're just trying to max out tgp you run something too easy people are like i want to play more pinball you run flip frenzy someone's going to say ah oh, it's not fair because this person played this many games and blah 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 you run best game people say it's not social enough because they're not playing with people there is no format that is the magical format and the the trick is i guess just to run as many tournaments and a wide variety of tournaments and then people come to the ones they want and they don't come to the ones they hate like oh fuck ryan you're running a one ball flip frenzy it's fucking stupid cool don't come or i invite everyone everyone thinks that there's a magical like boys club where only those people can run pinball tournaments guess what (laughs) anyone can run a pinball tournament like you can literally just create an ifpa login and go on and register a tournament and run it so i implore people to go come forth and run any tournament structure that they want that's how it's going my um, jeff and marty mm. i would be very surprised if anybody takes up your call to action just it's saying. too much it's too much work it's just like a non-paid no it gig. is we- it is and i think there's the problem with it is that if you do one tournament as regular, you are committed to that until it ends. You cannot, you cannot miss it. And so what you've got are people that don't come to every tournament so therefore they couldn't run it. And then there's those that come to every tournament that don't want to run it because they come to every tournament because they're enjoying just playing in the tournament. So I, I have the best time going to the other two 
tournaments in the in the league because I, you know, Stu runs one and Brody runs the other one, and I just relax and I socialize. But when I when I'm running a tournament, there's no there's no socializing. No. Yeah, I mean the shine. I mean, I started doing running tournaments while I was uh, while we were recording head to head, and you can go back and listen to those episodes. Like everything was new, and I was very passionate about this new thing in my life. You know, I think that I still enjoy running tournaments for sure, but the shine has worn off a little bit, and I'm not putting my focus energy into growing it as much as I I could, and I'd, I'd like to. But there's, as I said, it's hard because there's no. It's not like everyone puts their hand up to replace me or replace anyone else who's doing it because it's a it's a hard gig i also think that the because obviously you know with melbourne silver ball i put a lot of effort into that remember like the top 16 yeah. people got fucking gift bags remember so <laughs> yes with moisturizer they did and metamucil was the moisturizer so, just your car money you, you yeah, admit that after all these years yeah you, know, you know you don't have to ask but <laughs> Fuck, what am what I going to do I'm for the beast? Is, oh, God. No, what, so what I'm, what I'm saying is we put a lot of effort into those tournaments. You have as well. But really, all you need to have is a fucking couple of machines that turn on. People will play anyway. There's only really a handful at best, handful at best, that are really doing it to be able to represent Australia internationally. You know what I mean? Like there's, Well, that's... I mean, I want to run good handful, enough tournaments. Yeah, it's true. I feel bad sometimes when there's a handful of people that will go to Queensland every time they run a, a weekend. Not because I don't want, don't want them to enjoy a pinball. They can travel and they can do whatever they want. But I feel like that should be available here. And I so I carry a bit of like almost guilt about that. I'm like, I want to run tournaments that people don't need. Like they don't, they don't need to go away from their family to get whoppers. Like they can just come to my house or, you know, but you can't compete with like Queensland in Australia is like the one big state that dominates everything. And rightly so. They just like, they're so good at running like a weekend worth of tournaments and no one in, no one in any other state does that. We, you know, have small little things here and there, but my little pecker, my little pecker. That's what, like where a lot of it has come from in the past. Like I want someone to be able to qualify for the national championships without leaving the state. Like they shouldn't have to travel to another state and spend thousands of dollars and spend time away from their family if they've got a family just to prove that they're the best, you know, in Australia. Are you guys going to go to Brisbane Masters? Interesting you should say that. I think there was a there was an article that was uh, that came out recently that mentioned that we would be revealing our game at Brisbane Masters. Yeah. That's not yeah. true, is it? That, no, that was news to me. So it's just <laughs> no. bullshit, rumors. No, I think I think what happened is that we we spoke to Nap Arcade when they were at TPF and mentioned that we would be revealing our next game mid year, and I think they looked around and went, "Hmm, what events are happening mid year? Oh, Brisbane Masters! It must be at Brisbane Masters." Ryan, hearing you say the different tournaments always produce some sort of negativity, can I give you a few? I, I want to say nightmare stories. I, this weekend coming up is my final pinball profile played America tour event. And I have loved doing these before that. It was the how pinball many, profile how world many? tour event. And you know, I was in Australia. In fact, I won that event. Oh yeah. I'm fucking mentioning it. <laughs> yeah. I don't care anymore. Yeah. I don't care. Come get me, Greg. Anyway, uh, how many have I done? 25 of them. Cause I did these thing. I did the thing called a road trip. Once I've done 25 of these events and thanks to incredible sponsors. But the nice thing is, a thousand different players have played in these tournaments. So 
that's a thousand people that are wearing the pinball profile shirt flag if you will and saying that they had fun at the tournament i appreciate that and winning a bunch of random prizes and why i'm bringing this up is i've had a couple of complaints recently and i'm like you just can't fucking win you know you're trying to do these things you keep the cost low the arcades give you great deals to keep the cost low so that everyone can have some fun it's an affordable night out you got as much chance of winning prizes as everyone else you still can't win case in point one place I went to not too long ago, somebody came up to me and said, uh, they just closed my bar tab. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, the bar's closed, so they closed my tab. I'm like, okay. Well, they charged me 20% gratuity because they closed my tab. And I'm like, what does this have to do with me? You invited me here. I'm like, wait a second. I invited you to come <laughs> play pinball. Yeah, but they said you knew about this. I'm like, I didn't hand your credit card to them at the bar. You did. When you hand your credit card to somebody, do you not ask what the arrangements are? They probably would have told you, if you're not back in time, we're going to close the account at 20%. And another thing, how fucking cheap are you that you won't give 20%? How much was the bill? 25 bucks. You're bitching about five bucks. I didn't say this. This was in my head. <laughs> but but it, like, I'm just doing the math. I'm like, why is this my fault? And she goes, well, you invited me here. I'm like, I invited you to play pinball. Oh, you're going to be like that. And I'm like, oh, my God. The manager finally threw her out. <laughs> it was great. I don't care if she's listening. You're an idiot. Wow. I really don't care. Like, I really don't care. I'm not saying your name, but you were acting like an ass. And that was my fault. I'm like, holy fuck. Another one. This one drove me nuts. And good chance they're listening right now. I don't care. I fucking spend a lot of my own money to go to these different places to put on these events it's exciting for me to see these places i'm only there a short time but it's nice to see different people that's what was so good about tpf as we know we got to a lot of people we we haven't met before or old friends anyway new friends all that kind of good stuff that's what these tours have been for me especially after COVID. so i go out and i was told i need to manage my time a little better i'm like oh really why well it went too long and you know we were rushed there and i'm like oh well, what could i have done differently and the suggestion was you know all those prizes you gave away at the end of the round robin i'm like yeah 24 of them at random well that took too long i'm like well what would you suggest i do and they said <laughs> before the tournament starts give them away i'm like oh so that makes them go faster if i move it to the front of the tournament instead of the end of the tournament for some reason giving away 24 at the start is quicker time than at the end is that what it is you fucking dummy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, fuck off. Like, I, I, I'm like, are you? I know. And here he is, Carl D'Angelo. I'm just bringing you on right now. Good. <laughs> I can only imagine what Carl, Jim, and, and Bob get, but I mean, that is a perfect tournament in Indus, but I'm sure they get shit too. What format are you running now? Because I know it was oh. Flip Frenzy. Okay, so since 2023, it's just a number of rounds of match play. And so depending on where I am, even rounds would be modern games. Odd rounds would be classics or EMs. The only time I did an all-classics one was when I went to Colorado, went to Ryan Wanger's place, who you know Ryan and Cindy very well from when they were in Australia at your place. Ryan's got just tons and tons of great games there in Lyons, Colorado. And we had 64 people signed up. And I'm like, okay, I'll do nine rounds. This will be worth a lot of TGP. But... We're doing all classics. The place is called Lions Classic Pinball. We're doing all classics, solid states and EMs for nine rounds. And then we'll do playoffs. Because in Colorado, they have 
the Lefkovs, they have Donovan Stepp, they have Walt Wood, they've got Ryan Wanger, they've got Snow, they've got so many good players. Zach McCarthy, if we play one modern round, that could take an hour. I'm on vacation. I'm not fucking sitting in a pinball place for an hour around a pinball. Not happening. We're doing classics. It's still good. It still counts. Everyone had fun. There you go. But you still get complaints. Oh, why can't we play this? So the people that complain about that aren't the ones who go, oh my God, I had to wait 45 minutes for this round to start. I care more about that. Go, 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 go. I feel like I used to complain a decent amount at other people's tournaments, but that's that's why I started running my own, which doesn't make it a valid thing. It's still like an arsehole thing to do. But yeah, I guess if you end up running your own, then... You don't need to go to the other the other ones, but if you don't, then I listen to advice. In fact, I just started something new with this league I'm in, where we used to play six games a league night, but we play everything twice. And I said, you know what? The hosts are saying the leagues are the nights are going long, and they were twelve games, and some of them are moderns. So we scaled that back a little bit, and you know, we we got some advice. But I asked input of every single person. Would you like what you didn't like? And you can't please everyone, but you can still tweak it to make it better. So I listen. I've got a big event coming up. It is called The Beast. It's at Pocketeer Billiards in Buffalo, New York. Marty, you and I talked about this because you did Melbourne Silverball, and this is a big, big event. And I always remember you saying, the thing that makes me happy is knowing that people who came from out of town or came to this tournament or spent their money, they had a good time. So that's number one on my mind. Number one. So this Beast tournament, I've got a main event. I've got a classics event. I've got a women's event. And for those that didn't make the playoffs in the main, instead of having an A, B division... The B division technically is, I've got a three strikes tournament for those that didn't make the main playoffs. So you've got a possibility of four tournaments on the weekend, just justifies, you know, staying over at night on that Saturday night because you got a chance to play Sunday. It's going to be a lot of work. I've got some, a lot of people helping, a lot of sponsors and stuff, but I know I'm going to take some criticisms. You can't do something that pleases everyone, right? So whether it's game selection, whether it's the way they're laid out, or I, I, I went there this week just to make sure there wasn't any glare and things like that, spacing, uh, Wi-Fi, like everything I could possibly think of. And uh, I've been thinking about it for months. And I've not only been thinking about it, I've been asking Carl D'Angelo, Colin McAlpine, people who run big tournaments, what are some of the checklist things they need to do? So a little nervous about that, but I think my experience of doing all those pinball profile events it's going to pay off and people know I run a pretty tight ship. It's going to be, you know, rules are going to be followed and uh, people will have fun. I think you'll be more than fine, especially if you've now got 25 tournaments under your belt. Yeah. And, and the right, right, right attitude. And of course, you're not going to satisfy everybody. And Ryan, the interesting thing that I've found with the complaints is I think when people complain, what they're really trying to do is shift the balance in their favour. And I also think that they think I'm a fucking idiot and that I know that all they're doing is trying to change something because it suits them better. And even though they will try to represent the group, it's it's not. It's one person that's just trying to balance it in their favour. To be clear, there aren't that many people complaining. It's just you can't, especially when you, yeah, I mean, went from running four or five different unique tournaments uh, and now we kind of just have, you know, for the first couple of months of the year, just one league and that's it. And yeah, it, it's a it's a commitment to to go to all of these things and versus just going for one night, like you said, Jeff. You go there for one night, you do good. Congratulations, you do bad. It doesn't matter. You like you, you start afresh, whereas the league kind of like carries over. So I'm not sure if we're going to continue it um, long term. You know, with the league, we're still just trying it out. And I don't know. I mean, all all this was a 
a kind of an experiment to do with all of the changes. We couldn't, um, it, we thought we couldn't really run the same formats as last year because they're worth close to nothing because of all the Whopper changes. So my, the bottom line is, if you want to get angry at someone, get angry at Josh Sharp because he's a massive cunt. Mm, yeah, facts are facts. Hey, man, I agree. I, I, no, thought, I, I thought <laughs> <laughs> you agree. Josh Sharp is a cunt. Can that be the name of the episode? Um, so I, I watched the pinball movie. I'm not sure if you've, you've talked about that yet. And I was expecting Josh Sharp and um, Zach Sharp to be... Like, I remember seeing a screenshot or, or, or like, a casting thing like, oh, this is going to be Zach and this is going to be Josh. They were in it for, like, 10 seconds at the end. I was like, Fuck. I know. And Z- Zach refers to them as Bizarro Zach and Bizarro Josh. Yes. <laughs> one, one, just, one of them is really built. Who was it? Was it Zach or was it Josh? Was one of, I think beefcake. it was Josh. Josh was quite quite the chunk. Um, yeah. So, so let, let's talk about this movie, right? Because I absolutely... Loved it. And I'm, I'm, I remember telling people, oh, I loved it. And people were like, oh, you just love it because it's pinball. I was like, no, actually. I loved it because it was a good film and I had people that were watching it that aren't pinball people and they really enjoyed it. So I think it actually just stands alone as a good movie. Only criticism that I've heard, and I know someone put it on our Facebook page as well, was basically, oh, fucking more pinball and none of this fucking love story. I'm sorry. That's fucking his life, you know? And it was an important thing in his life. He made the shot. I don't know. I don't know what you could do more with what they actually showed. I've seen the movie wise. three times now. Once at a film festival, once when he came to Toronto, and then uh, another time since at TPF. I'll be honest. I did sneak away. I've already seen it. I, I, I've seen it three times by then. We did the intro, Marty and I, and then we I buggered off. I came back then. Hey, wasn't that great? Listen, I just saw it earlier that week. I'm good. But the point is, it is a great movie. Austin and Meredith Bragg, when I met them in Indiana, and I want to say this is October, September, I can't remember, October, we were talking about the movie, and these are the writers and directors, and they're like, I don't know if Pinball is the best title for it. And I kind of agree. It has Pinball in it. It's obviously, you know, the sport that he, the hobby that he was passionate about, but it really is a different story. The man who saved the game, well, what game? The man who saved Pinball, maybe? better or, or is that exciting who cares i don't know if you're gonna put pinball in the title and you're expecting to see more pinball you might be disappointed but if you want to see a good movie you'll be thoroughly impressed movie needed more pinball and less shitty love story <laughs> says the guy living in his mom's basement as he celebrates <laughs> birthday number 40 <laughs> so here's the thing right if they made a pinball movie that was predominantly pinball, then you would have the pinball community watch it. And I need to tell you, I need to tell you, it's 10, 15,000 people max. Yeah. That's the pinball community. Sorry, guys. We've had quite the discussion about the bubble. Oh. So just just living in the bubble, the pinball bubble. It's very consuming. It's it's intoxicating. It, it draws you in. You can feel... Double famous is what we call it. And what I guess I want to say is that if they'd made this movie all about pinball, 15,000 people would watch it and that's it. And the Bragg brothers make no money. Whereas if they make it actually about a story that most people would be interested in, then you've got a wider audience. So we joke about that, that comment that was said. And I heard that a lot about from people at TPF that had watched it saying, oh, I just wish there was more pinball in it. Well, I don't know. Go and play play pinball. Yeah, watch a Carl D'Angelo thing. 
Um, right. My, right. Yeah. I went back, Jeff, and listened to your pinball profile episode where you interviewed the directors and they made a, there's I mean, a lot of great content in there, but there was one comment they made like kind of admitting like, Hey, like we're not pinball people. And, but we think that was like to the benefit of the movie. And thank fuck they weren't pinball people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I cause it just, it would have been a shit movie. Like everyone kind of says that, well, most people said the same thing about the movie. Like they're surprised. It actually stands up. Um, I watched it with my eight year old and I couldn't believe I was like waiting for her to leave. Like I wasn't, I didn't strap her to the, to the beanbag and say, don't fucking move. Like you can't, you have to watch this movie with me. Like I just started watching it. Like, Hey, like, do you want to watch this movie? It's about the guy. And she's like, eh, not really. And then she started watching it and she just sat there the entire time. So if it can hold the, the attention of like an eight year old in this day and age of TikTok and just dopamine releases all the time, uh, it's a, it's a good fucking movie. Get her to watch Godfather next. <laughs> Followed by the Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Oh, oh yeah, of course, uh, double bill. Uh, there's six hours. <laughs> Daddy, what's a gimp? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. The people that want more pinball on it, here's where the pinball part is: is if you know Roger Sharp, you know that that movie was perfectly acted by both the young Roger and the old <gasps> Roger. You're like, oh my god, those are Roger. Oh my god. Oh my! Especially because oh, oh, I've got no young Roger to have as a as a reference, but old Roger when he first started talking with the mannerisms, I just went, "Holy crap!" And that's what even Zach said when we interviewed him um, at the showing. He was like, "That was really bizarre that they just absolutely nailed the current version of Roger." Dennis Butzakaris is the actor's name. You you would know him from Better Call Saul. He played Kim Wexler's boss when she left uh, HHM. But the um, one thing you were talking about too, about you were expecting to see Josh and Zach in there. They filmed that movie during COVID. So, and there was two things. One, they couldn't really go to the set uh, when it was filmed, I think in New York or New Jersey. That was part of it. But the other part of it was, well, we've got this actor playing my dad. So it would be weird that we are in it when that's not our dad. So that's why they did the stills. Actually, here's a little Easter egg for you. I, when I saw the movie in Toronto, Roger's sitting beside me, and he goes, I'm in the movie. Do you know where I am? And I go, yeah, at the end. He goes, no, no, no. And there's a cameo of him in the movie. Did you see it? No. No, I didn't notice it. He's so in. don't tell me because I'm going to watch it again, and I'm going to look for it. All I'll say, by the way, it's not even like a. he's not in the background. He's not like part of a crowd. There's two people on the screen. He's on the right side. It's on for two seconds. It's kind of a okay. montage thing. I'll just say that. Okay, fine. Cool. Go find it. Okay. The person, Done. the person who played um, Ellen, she's she's pretty famous as well. Like she was in she's... Teen Wolf for years and years. Crystal Reed. Yeah. And by the way, sitting beside my wife watching, I'm like, wow. She, every time she comes on, when she smiles, I smile. Yeah. Loves me some dimples. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. It was real. It was really good. I got quite emotional. I didn't get like. Like there was nothing really to get upset about, but I did get like happy tears just when things happened that were just like, oh my God. And and I, I yelled out, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, the shot, the shot, yeah, the shot's about to happen. And then I accidentally sat on the remote and turned the TV off. So <laughs> that actually happened. It was terrible. Wait a second. Kill. Marty, Ryan, you both have seen the movie. How'd you see yep. it in Australia? VPN. What's that? What? I don't know. Pri- what I, 
virtual private network where you can actually say that you're you are in the US and then you can watch it in oh, the US. Okay. Yeah. I, I just bought that's it. That's definitely Microsoft. how we watched like, it. Yeah. How'd you get it, Ryan? Yeah, I just I just clicked on the Microsoft website and got it for twenty four hours. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know it's available. It's available in Australia. I didn't know that. That's why I'm asking the question. I'm not assuming you pirated anything. No, no, definitely not assuming. No, never, ever. It'd be the last movie that I would pirate. Would you pirate? You wouldn't copy a car. What's the what's the old commercials, Marty? You wouldn't copy a car. You wouldn't steal a car. Oh yeah, the copyright ones. Yeah. If I sound a little punchy, a little tired. Speaking of long movies like Godfather. At least that one captured my attention. I saw John Wick 4 today. And don't you love, you love Keanu, don't you, Marty? Yeah, oh, I do. I haven't seen any of those, but I really do want to. I think, I think, I think I'll enjoy them. I don't think I've seen any of them. Maybe part of one. I mean, basically, he's on a killing spree. It is easier to count the number of words out of Keanu's mouth. And I'm not saying he's a bad actor, but it's easier to keep total of the number of words he says in the movie versus the number of kills. I don't want to spoil the movie. There's not a lot of dialogue. It's almost okay. three hours long. Why are they making three hours John Wick movies? Is it actually three hours? It was two hours, 49 minutes runtime. Why? And I told my son before, I said, I said, I'm taking a nap at some point during this movie. Just fill me in when I wake up. I did. 94% of Running Tomatoes. What? It was fun. It- I mean, <laughs> leave your brain at the door and, you know, watch a bunch of killing shit. So there's the double bill, okay? You've watched Pinball with your daughter, I think Pulp Fiction, and then John Wick 4. <laughs> John Wick. Oh, God. Parent of the hey, Year, how about Ryan a, C. How about a, a new pinball segment called Whores of Pinball? I was thinking before about the, the people <laughs> in... <laughs> Wait, I've got to follow it. It's not that bad. It's, it's not It's not Marty's, Marty's Brothel Adventures. It's um like how many people work for more than one pinball company because that that was kind of unheard of a couple of years ago but now you've got you got david thiel he's doing work for american pinball yeah he did queen some gtf <laughs> uh there's christopher franchi arguably arguably like the biggest whore of them all <laughs> why you, listen franchi i don't endorse or condone what this asshole is saying right now we love you and stuff and he's gonna get upset at what? At calling him a whore? The guy hasn't had a game out in five years, I think. Four or five. Monsters was the last one. When did that come out? You come back, Scott, buddy. You come back with a vengeance. I don't care if you do seven machines. Scott Denisi? Does, is, does he still involved with Spooky or, or not really? Can we call him so, a pinball no. whore? Okay. Jeff Jellis, like do you, are you, are you, are you <laughs> Pinball slut. Free agent? No. What does sex have to do with anything? It's... Well, yeah. So, how many how many um, companies has Jeff done voiceovers for? Because if it's what you're saying is, if it's two, you're a whore. So, yeah. how many yes. has it been? Mm. Yep, whore. <laughs> so, anyway, I just want to finish this by telling you this piece of news. I have got a movie update for you. Okay. On because on the way on the way home, didn't get any sleep. It was a seventeen and a half hour flight, and I had the worst jet lag I've ever had and it, it was just so uncomfortable so I spent that time watching movies I got to watch Flash Gordon because it was just one of the things that was there wow that's a terrible film yep. can I just say but if you took every scene and you squinted your eyes it's almost like you're watching a Lady Gaga film clip I just if you ever watch it again just look at it and go huh she stole all of her fashion from Flash Gordon but that's not what I'm talking about I want to tell you that I saw 
a Will Ferrell movie. Uh, hopefully Guess a good which. one. Guess which one? Wait, I hope it's Anchorman. First, is your first Will Ferrell movie? No, 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 no. I've seen others. He saw Roxbury. I hope it was Anchorman. Elf. It was Anchorman. It's great. Oh, my God. It's fucking hilarious. Are you being serious? Hilar- the fucking flute scene. It's it's oh the the Anchorman gang war. Oh my god! It's a whale's just stupid. It's just stupid. I fucking loved it. Love don't watch. I'm not even kidding. Number two. You're not don't kidding. Okay, good because it is near and dear is to it, my heart. Just him doing his so mouth good? exercises. The Human yeah. Torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> that kills me every time. Unique New York. Unique New York. <laughs> it's very What's funny. Your name? Um, very funny. Lanolin. Lanolin. <laughs> There's just so many throwaway lines in that thing. Uh, Paul Rudd has my favorite line in the whole movie, and it's just so stupid, but it just makes fun of the dr- the drama that news people think they have to have. And they're like, we're going to go down to the San Diego Zoo right now where Brian Fantana is here. Because remember, the panda was pregnant. And we're going to go down yes. to Brian Fantana. And all he does is his head's down and he leans up. He lifts his head up and looks in the camera and goes, panda watch. <laughs> it fucking kills me every time. Watch yeah, it. It's gold. It's, uh, it's, it's, it, honestly, I'm glad I watched it. It was very, very funny. Yeah. So there you Good. go. All right. Let's mm-hmm. go. I think we're all going to bed. Not together. That's episode 69. What? Oop, spoiler alert. We're going to leave you with... Um, <laughs> thanks, Ryan C. It's good to talk to you. Don't wait a year to come back on this program. Don't, don't invite me. <laughs> don't invite me Like with 10 minutes to go. Like, hey, Ryan, what are you doing? I'm out with my kids. We're about to record. Can you do it? No, I'm out with my Three kids. Three days notice I gonna, gave you this time. I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to ask you next time, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I didn't want to cut into Jesse J's show, so I didn't want to have you on too often. <laughs> anyway, coming back soon. Sure. Always an open invite. You come back whenever you want, just not episode sixty nine. That's made for two people. There'll be no guests mm-hmm. on that show. <laughs> we will leave you with other guests, people that stop by TPF to say hi. And uh, Ryan, you have yourself a good one. Marty, take care. Where can people reach us? Uh, Final round pinball. Is it? I don't know. Holy fuck. You know I don't know. That's your one job. You had one job. Ryan knows what it is. This is so sloppy every single time. You guys have no fucking idea what you're doing. Just like, do what do what Ron does. And he's like, go to this website and all the links are there. <laughs> like, no one no one sits there with a okay, so no help. Like, so no, no help whatsoever. No one goes to my website. So I... Listen. No one actually fucking emails us or does anything, so it doesn't really matter. It's finalroundpinball at gmail.com. It's at finalroundpin at Twitter, and it's finalroundpinballpodcast on other socials. So you can not contact us at all those places. Hmm. That is a good point. We didn't get many emails this time. Should we collectively say, um, what the fuck? <laughs> if you took a weird photo, like a spy photo of Jeff or Marty, at TV, if they're in the in the background, like crop dusting or doing their fly up or just whatever, just send it send it to finalroundpinball at gmail.com. Hmm. All right, I oh I totally was letting bombs go at TPF, but that's another thing. Okay, <laughs> what, here, do you, here, what do you eat, Jeff? Well, you talk you you crop dust like you've been, ever since I met you. Like, hi, I'm Jeff. I like to crop dust. Uh, no. What, what do no. you eat? No. What do you eat? Penis. The, the key, the key, <laughs> the key is always have one in the chamber. <laughs> he always says that. Always have always one ready to that. go. All right, how it's just you, a, it's a skill. Funny. Stop it. <laughs> one in the chamber. Okay. Nah. 
Ryan, later. See ya. We'll be back with another episode soon. Don't forget to sign up for The Beast. Join us at Pocketeer Billiards for four tournaments in Buffalo, New York. It'll be a lot of fun. That's it. I'm Jeff Teoles. I'm Martin Robbins. And apparently I'm, I'm, I've already left. I'm Ryan C. Bye. See ya. Darren Quill just made a huge mistake at Texas Pinball Festival. He came up to Marty and me at the Haggis Pinball and said, I'm a big fan of the show. And I said, well, now we turn it on you. You're going to be on the show, Darren. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the impromptu allowing me to be with you. It's great to see you guys. Honestly, it really is together. And, and, and you to travel so far and you to just be everywhere. So that's great. He is everywhere, isn't he? Really is. Oversaturated, yeah. some people would say. Get closer to the mic, all right? I know you're not a professional. I have to bring that to the uh, podcast. But anyway. Hey, you're from St. Louis. Great yes, pinball area? Yes, it is. CP Pinball has about 80 machines at it. That's probably the most popular, but a lot of other places as well. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite game? Just we'll say something well, by Haggis. Right now, it's Fathom. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you guys have to show more stuff. That's all. It's Bring coming. More. It's Bring coming. Do you want to know the next few? It's going to be that, that, that. Oh, I'm not allowed yeah, to say. I know it's <laughs> I also okay. don't know. It's still good. No, people have been asking, and I say, well, what do you want? If you want that, you're going to be happy with what we're doing. Yep. Yes, I heard you kind of break down every single machine that's out there and which ones you okay. would never do. And, and All right, let's put you on the spot. You're obviously oh, a pinball no. guy, Darren. If you could have three remakes of any Bally games, what would they be? No, I can't do that. A one. It's not one you, that you guys like because it's it's gorgeous, but it, it's it's Lost World, but it's not a great it's, game. Marty loves that game. I love Lost World. I mentioned that last night, how much I love Lost World. I mean, it's, it's almost fathom level artwork. I love it. It's Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And with new rules and better rules, I know. I mean, think of what you could do. But yeah. even if Marty did the rules, like that's an, you got to keep that <laughs> yeah, into mind. Yeah. Fuck off. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Darren. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Aaron Davis is here at TPF, and he has the nerve to say he likes flying around. You could get beaten in places like Texas for saying that. You know, I, I came all the way down here. We canceled our booth at the last minute, and I, I don't even know what to do with myself right now. Well, <laughs> you should have a booth here, right? Fast pinball. Yeah, we, we paid for a booth. It's just we our trailer got stolen. We didn't have time to get down here, so I'm just here helping out wherever I can. We're in the Haggis booth right now. Fathom has our electronics in it, so I'm like living vicariously through the Fathom pinball machine here. Oh, very, very nice. I know Marty's been busy. Uh, people, are, uh, the funny thing is, people come up here. Oh, how much is it? How much is it? sold out? Get in line, champ. Oh, it's great. I mean, I'd, I'd never met Marty before. This is what I learned. It's disappointing, isn't it? What do you think? He's convincing me that it's not his voice in the game. <laughs> it is not my voice. Oh my god! How many times do I have to say it is not my voice? You know what? It is a stereotype, but really, all Australians are assholes. Oh, I might sound the same. What I have. Say? I have never denied that. You know, I have never denied that. Hey, it's Marty, all love here. It's all Mar- love. Marty. I know you once pretend to uh, run shows and maybe. Oh, I don't know. What was it? Melbourne Silver Bowl? Yeah, championship, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you haven't done that in a while. I, sure. I assume because you're lazy, but this guy right here, Aaron, he's a big guy with Northwest Pinball, right? Yep. Yeah, our Northwest show, we want to get people up there, spend time together, like, thinking up cool stuff, thinking up new ideas and build cool things, you know? And that's what, like, we can do up there because it's closer to my house. I can drag all the tools out there, drag out all the projects out there, just, like, deep dive in some projects. It's harder to drag that all out of here. I hope Marty's listening to this because, you know, he's so selfish, but... He could be a generous person like you, Aaron. That's there's, just what I'm there's got to be a direct flight from Australia to Seattle. Like, come on up here. Show. It's a good time. Beautiful in June in the Northwest. All right. Well, good luck in June, and thanks for stopping by. Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to get an interview here, but Marty won't shut up. Marty, get over here. Oh, hello. We've got oh. a bunch of secret handshakes here, and I'm not too happy about it. No, you actually, I've had quite a lot. I'm not surprised at all. People think you're a gun. 
including this person, Steve. Uh, thanks very much for saying that about me, I guess. Um, I mean, you're welcome. Whatever I can do to further the cause, right? Where are you from? Uh, Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Now, Marty's been there before. Yes, and he has. I thought there was going to be no booze there, but Marty has uncovered a million, and they're not even speakeasies. Oh, yes, that, no, you're absolutely right. There is more than you would believe. One of my favorite locations is Quarters Arcade. Um, it's a great barcade, but, I mean, as long as you do it the right time of day and not too much all at one time, we, we got some booze. Well, say hi to our friends from Loser Kid, and thanks for pretending to like Final Round. We appreciate it, Steve. Absolutely my pleasure. You guys are the best. It's late Friday night. They've closed TPF. It doesn't matter. Fuck. Marty, is that what is that you're drinking? Why are you asking? You know what it is? Uh, jizz. <laughs> I supplied the jizz. This is Glenn oh. from Nashville. Hey, Glenn Wechter. And, and our number one fan. We've got two reach-around winners here. Joe Fox. We can't be seeing the same room together, Glenn and I. Two number one fans in the same room. No, yeah. no, no. You are the number one. I'll ah. say it in front of you. He, he is a the most dedicated... You're the number one. Uh, he paid for it. Let's be honest. Okay, I all paid right, all right. Which one do I have to kill? Is that where we're going with this? Yes! Yes! <laughs> live! Live right now! Glenn Wechter. Oh, this is a live murder. How's your throat? Is it sore? Yes. Here, here's a throat, throat Thank lozenge. You. Oh. What do you want to offer? More cheese? Nothing. No. Okay. <laughs> I never offered it to begin with. You've got Joe Fox, Delaware Pinball Collective. You've got Glenn Wechter, a talent. He helped us sing in the reach arounds. But he did Marty. Sing. This was really good. Oh, it was amazing, yes. Uh, the blood Sorry I sounded so surprised. Yeah. Oh, that was anyway, <laughs> you don't know me. these are two fine individuals. They have put money into our pockets. I haven't. Uh, you, you came to the pinball profile one, so yes, you did. I did. Yes. Now, which one lives and dies? And how is it going to be? Well, the sad thing is, look at that chandelier above us. That thing is going to crack any second. You have time to push one of these wait, gentlemen wait. away. So I have a say in this. No, no, uh, no, no, yeah. because you're bound to each other. It was a bet you guys lost. Anyway. Okay. I hate to say this is an easy one. Because as Glenn just mentioned, he's given us no money. Oh. And I, I need, need money. Not only did Joe Fox give money to Head to Head as our number one Patreon. Wow. Yeah, no, he did. The best part of it was Ryan C. left the podcast. I cashed it in and took all the money. Good, good for him. Yeah. So, Ryan who? Yeah. Dead to us. Yeah, we all Dead know to us. C. What's yeah. the C stat for? What's the C stat yeah. for? Well, we know. Yeah. All right, boys. Uh, so, Joe, congratulations on that extra life. Glenn, it's been nice knowing you. Wait, uh, that was it? The chandelier's you usually, down, you <laughs> usually consider more than that. No. That was the clock in the morning after so work. For no. Hours. Anything you'd like to say at Glenn's eulogy? No, thank you very much for yeah. not giving me any money. Yeah. Oh, well. Could have saved you. You, you had a chance. Hey, We're out of here. Can I have that throat lozenge back? <laughs> <laughs> He's already swallowed it. So, yes, you can. Fish it out. <laughs>